Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God. Psalm 114. Hallelujah. When Israel went out from Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah became his sanctuary, Israel his dominion. The, the sea looked and fled. Jordan turned back. The mountains kept like rams, the hills like lambs. What else you Oh, see that you flee. Oh, Jordan, that you turn back. Oh, mountains, that you skip rams, skip like rams. Oh, hills, like lambs. Hallelujah. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, who turns the rock into a pool of water and the flint into a spring of water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even if the earth trembled at his presence, what do you think the demons are doing? What do you think sickness is doing? What do you think poverty and lack is doing? What do you think depression, suppression, anxiety, the fear, what do you think they are doing? The presence of God is here. Every, every weakness, every infirmity, every sickness, we command you to flee. Hallelujah. Tremble and flee. Hallelujah. And we speak life. Life and life abundantly. That the life of God will manifest in our lives today. Father, we thank you that you sent your son. He became us. He didn't just die as us. He died with us and as us. And we step into that unification and that identification. And we say that because he died, we die. And we are risen with him. And we are seated in heavenly places. We are co-heirs. We are co-heirs with the son of God. I am a joint heir with Christ. I own the universe like he owned the universe. That's the truth. The Bible says it. 
and we receive this truth that we will walk in that this union and this newness of life. We speak life to every situation in this room. Life in Jesus' name. Amen. So God, we thank you um, that your resurrection has brought us new life 2,000 years ago, but it's bringing us new life today. So God, what is the thing you are resurrecting today in us personally, in this church, in our community? What dry bones are you speaking to this morning? What are you calling to life in us from the depths of our beings. For some of you, that may be a dream that you have let die, that God wants to call out in you to be used for the kingdom. For some of you, it's sickness. For some of you, it's darkness. Jesus is shining his light this morning. And where the light is, the darkness must flee. So God, bring us to life today and tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. And when we feel dead, raise us up again. We thank you for this resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen. It's Easter Sunday. Um, you guys may have noticed Josh is not here. Um, he has been having some back problems the last couple weeks, really for longer than that. Um, and it kind of comes and goes. In the last couple weeks, it's been pretty bad. And so we really just want to pray together that God would restore his back. And um, really, we want, we want him back. I mean, we love Josh, right? So, um, so let's, if you guys will, join me in prayer, and we'll pray for him before we start. So... God, thank you that today is a day where you overcame the greatest obstacle ever. And God, there's an obstacle in Josh right now. And God, you can definitely overcome that. So we give you authority, dominion, and reign over his back. God, that you would bring it to alignment. That you would restore the disc. God, that the, the muscles would relax. And God, even as we pray in this moment, God, that he would be restored and be healed in the name of Jesus. Amen. You there? <laughs> oh, that's so great. So, um, so quick. You guys know we've been walking through a location process. A quick update right now is um, Sarah shared last week that we signed a letter of intent to take over the space downstairs, which is amazing. Um, so the, the lease has not been signed yet, so there's still a little bit of stuff happening. Um, so we just need to continue to pray um, into this week and ask God to finish what he started. So it's as simple as that. And really that we would continue to just dream about what is God wanting to use that space for. The typical approach would be we got a new space and let's just take it over and use it for our stuff. 
but we really feel like we're supposed to use that space for our community. And that look, that, we don't have the answer to that. So we need our community to pray and seek God and dream together. So pray and do that. Um, I put that in your court, and I would love to hear from you. What are you sensing God saying about that next venture? So, all right. Well, today is Easter. Amen? Amen. The worship was awesome. <laughs> that was crazy. Y'all did a few things I didn't even know you could do with your voices. That was cool. So, um, so I'm going to preach a message today that is, I almost feel like it may fit a little bit better in a Good Friday service, but I felt like I was supposed to preach it here. And there's a reason for that, and it is that Easter is honestly, I get really excited about it, but I also, it like is kind of one of my least favorite days at the same time, because I cannot stand the way that churches treat Easter. Like, it just drives me bonkers. And so just the, the constant marketing and the try to, to, to get you into a seat. And um, I just feel like church is just more than just coming one day a year. It's got to be more than that. And so I feel like, I mean, there's just this idea of, I mean, I saw this year a church giving away a car to try to get people into their, into their seats. And there's, I've seen churches, I've seen churches charging an admission fee to get into the space. There's, this is, this is kind of the, this is just the path we've taken as a culture, right? And so there's that element of it, but it's also just very exaggerated. Like we come in, and especially if this is your first time here, you're like, man, this church is cool. We're not that cool. <laughs> like we're just normal people like you. So it's just a very exaggerated time where we have, you know, typical churches have bouncy houses and helicopter egg drops. And like this is, this, it's just, just, that's just not church, right? Like church is about being in the midst of daily circumstances, which is what your life looks like 364 days out of the year. And if you only come one Sunday a year to celebrate something that doesn't apply to the rest, it's, it's just not really meaningful. It doesn't actually have any weight to it. So I don't want to exaggerate this day to get you to just keep, to keep coming back or, and just ignore that life is full of pain and full of suffering, full of death. And, but the hope for us today is that there is resurrection. But we can't ignore that. And there's, we can't ignore that there, is, that there is the pain, but there is always hope at the end. Right? There's always something else to look for in Christ. But outside of that, there's not. So the beauty of it for, for me is this is, and I think we do a pretty good job at this church of acknowledging these other, the other seasons of the Christian calendar. Right? Easter is just one glimpse into the calendar. And, if, and if, we, if our theology and our, and our ecclesiology is all based around the idea of resurrection, then we have totally missed it because there is so much more involved in the Christian life. Things like Advent, things like Lent, right? the idea of fasting, right? the idea of, even of Good Friday. Right? This, 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 like this was the section of the church that was here for the Good Friday service, right? Because we don't like in Christian culture, in, in American culture and in Christian culture to get excited about hard stuff. 
Like, we don't want to acknowledge that there's pain. We don't want to acknowledge it. And we, all we want to do is we want to come and just acknowledge there's a resurrection, but then not acknowledge that there's actually be a death for there to be a resurrection. That has to happen. You can't have resurrection if you don't die. And so today, I just want to acknowledge that this is a graveyard full of people who are willing to admit your death and, and, and look into the eyes of Jesus and receive life because there is hope. So we have two kids. Um, we have a three-year-old, a one-year-old. I remember the first time we, um, when we had our daughter, Piper, it was the first time I had any experience with the birth process. And I remember coming out right after um, the baby was born. My wife labored naturally for 23 hours. And she didn't even take like an ibuprofen. I was like, that's all right. So I remember coming out after the baby was born, and I was just like exhausted, emotionally exhausted, right? And not, I mean, she was physically, I was emotionally exhausted. Yours was harder than mine. <laughs> and I mean, I remember telling my, I remember telling a good friend of mine when I got out, he was like, so the baby was born? I said, yeah, the baby was born. He's like, how was it? It's like, there's just some things you can't unsee. <laughs> and I will never forget, I will never forget that experience. And it, birth is, I think, one of those things where you, see, where you see pain at such a high level and you see life at such a high level. So how, like, those things come together at, at this nexus in birth. It's really amazing. But the thing about my kids is... The thing I love about them was not the birth process. That was not my favorite part. I can assure you of that. My favorite part is the moments that probably no one sees, right? The moments where my daughter is running around the house singing, right? The, the moments when she gets scared and I get to comfort her. Those are the moments where I enjoy seeing the formation of a person. And Easter is this birth process, but if it is only the birth that's, that's just a portion of the story. It's not the whole thing. So Easter is the start. It's not the end. And so I want to pose a question today and ask, is there any death after Easter? Right? Is there any death still after Easter? Does life after Easter involve death? And most of us would say, well, no. But if we get really honest with ourselves and we look at our lives, I have to die every day. So yes, I've experienced resurrection in Christ, but every single day I'm faced with my own insecurities. And even today I stand before you and there is a temptation within me to care so much about what you think about the way I do this. Right? And I have to die to that. Even as I'm talking to you right now, I have to die to that thing in me. And when it dies, and if I let it die and I befriend it, then there's resurrection in it. And I find humility that it never would have come outside of this. So I'm gonna, I, I want to explore today. We're going to read the story um, out of Matthew 28. But I want to explore with you what does it look like to befriend death so that you can find resurrection? What does that look like? Jesus did this pretty, pretty well, right? It's the whole story. But we, and we, love to look at, we love to look at what happened at the empty tomb. And we, we like to ignore the elements of pain that he felt in his life. Something like, things like betrayal, 
right? It's one of the worst feelings when you've been betrayed, not only by a friend, but a very close friend. Things like being trapped and publicly humiliated by your peers, being flogged, receiving a crown of thorns, nails, a cross. These were all elements of Jesus' story. And yet, in, in befriending the death, befriending the pain, he found life. And it's not just a natural life, right? Because I think Jesus experienced resurrection before he experienced resurrection. I think he knew in the midst of acknowledging the flogging, I think he acknowledged something within himself that was life. And I, I, I know that as I speak to you, as I said, there's, there's humility that I'm finding. Yes, I've been resurrected in Christ, but I'm also in being resurrected right now. So Jesus was familiar with resurrection before he was ever resurrected. And so the process of resurrection is ongoing. It never stops, and we can't let it. And so I want to say that the, the fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, all of these things, those are the resurrection. Those are the elements that God is trying to bring out of the grave, if you would let him. So let's read Matthew 27. We'll jump into 28 as well, and I'm not going to preach a super long time today. I want to get downstairs so we can do the baptisms. Um, I would really encourage you to stay after for that because it's such a marker of life. There's something that happens not just for the person but for us as a community. So let's read this together. Matthew 27, verse 62. The next day... That is, after the day of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember how that, imposter, how that imposter said while he was still alive, after three days I will rise. Therefore, order the tomb to be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples go and steal him away and tell the people he has risen from the dead, and the last fraud will be worse than the first. Pilate said to them, You have a guard of soldiers. Go, make it as secure as you can. So they went and made the tomb secure by sealing the stone and setting a guard. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. And he said, Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. <laughs> it's a very natural thing to say. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Let's pray. Jesus, 
Thank you that we can read a story about you and yet talk to you in the same breath. Thank you that you are not distant from us. Thank you that this is not just a story, but it is a living testimony. So we embrace that living testimony and ask that it would be made alive in us. In Jesus' name, amen. So we, we typically like to approach um, Easter like it is more of an historical event than anything more than that. And so we, we like to think of it as just this thing that happened in history, and it did. Right? We, we have to first acknowledge that historically, there is more evidence to support this than almost anything else you'll read in a history book. There is, Jesus appeared to 500 different people, and they all came into agreement that they saw a person that was reported to be dead. Right? And it is very clear they did a preparation. It, he would have been dead. He would have been in a tomb. There is no way that he, was, he would have been, a, been able to stay alive in there. He, he actually died a death and rose again from the grave, and 500 people all in agreement. You don't, there's no hoax that can support 500 people because they have no motivation, right? Their only motivation is you're going to get persecuted and burned alive, right? That's your motivation. So there's no reason for you to historically make this thing up. So historically, yes, I believe that this really did happen. And I think that's something that, at least in me, I have to settle but in you, like maybe you have those questions, and that's okay to have those questions. Look at the, look at the facts. Look, at, look and see and look at the, uh, the material and understand. But I believe that it happened. So, but that's not the extent of the gospel. The gospel is not just something that happened that we read about in a book, and then we come once a year and say, yes, that was awesome. Really, really glad Jesus did that. This, this gospel is continually moving Right? One of my favorite quotes is the gospel comes to us on its way to someone else. So the gospel is always actively pursuing. And it's, it's, so it's not this stagnant, stale thing that sits in a book on your shelf. It is alive. It's living and it's active. It's breathing in this very moment. And it's breathing through God's people. And so the, to combat that, that historical mindset, I think that I think the word that we really like to use, at least in our staff this week, was mystery. There's something really mysterious about the gospel. And we have to be very okay with not just saying, I understand it. Because if you understand it, you don't understand it. If you think you understand it, you don't get it. Because there's elements about this thing that are confusing. They just don't make sense. And it's okay to have those questions. I want to pull up a few verses and... These are, all thing, these are all written after, um, after Jesus rose from the dead, right? So these are post-resurrection verses. Assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body and partakers of the promise 
in Christ Jesus through the gospel. It's, it's baffling that, that, this, that there was a group of people, the Jews, who owned the rights to religion and that they gave it away, that it was made available to other people, right? So this is, so those who own the rights in church, right? It's being made available to other people who don't look like you, don't act like you, and it's made available to them. And that's mysterious. That's confusing. It's confusing how that works to sit at a table with somebody who doesn't act and look like you. That's confusing and mysterious. 1 Timothy 3.16, great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up in glory. You can go to the next one. 1 Corinthians 15.50-51, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die, but we shall all be changed. Go to the next one, Bill. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. So now I know in part, and then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So let me just pose a question to you. Do you really want to follow a faith that you can get your hands around? Do you really want to follow a faith that is attainable on your terms. Because that's not a, that's, if I can, if it's just an historical event, then it, it doesn't have, it doesn't have any life. It doesn't have any, any dimension to it, right? Like there's something that's multidimensional, there's something that has some depth to it when I don't understand it. And it means that there's constant, if, if it's just said and done, then you're going to get to heaven and it's going to be the most boring experience. But if it, if it continues and there's depth to it and you can never fully understand the mystery of it, then there's constantly more. And when we get to heaven, we will experience it and experience it and experience it over and over and over again. And the resurrection doesn't end. The resurrection keeps happening. So do you really want a faith that's attainable on your own terms? See, these things that are mysterious about the gospel, it starts with this one principle. There is a human that is God. 100% human, 100% God. And you're sitting in here because you're probably okay with that? <laughs> right? Like, that's strange. 100% human, 100% God. It's very confusing. And in order to even... The entrance into Christianity is you saying, I don't understand that, right? So you have to be okay with embracing the mystery in order to even have a foot in the door, right? That's, that's the first step, is an acknowledgement that we don't know. And then this mysterious element that that 100% that God, 100% man comes and lives in me, for real? Like, you guys believe that? And what does that look like? I don't... I don't even know what in me means, let alone a God-man in me. Right? There's something so mysterious about these elements of Christianity. And we have to be okay with them. Bill, if you'll pull up Colossians 2. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you. And for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face. That their hearts may be encouraged. 
being knit together in love, to reach, this is the part I want you to hone in on, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ. That's really confusing language. In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's confusing language. Essentially what it's saying is, there is a full assurance of mystery. That is, I'm lost. Like, I 100% believe that this thing doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it because I know what resurrection looks like in me. I know, I, even, even more so, I know what death looks like in me. I know, what it's, I know what it's like when I, the unbridled me that stands before you and seeks your approval. I know what that looks like. It looks like a road to destruction. But the road to life means me getting before you and serving. And that is the only thing that's sustainable in me. And we all have these things, right? We all have these things that have to die. And if they don't die, then we will die with them. Bill, if you'll pull up 1 Corinthians 15, 31. I protest, brothers, by my pride in you, which I have in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I die every day. Pull up the next one. Luke 9, 23, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So, those of you in your seats, what happens 364 days out of the year when you're not here? Are you dying? Are you willing to, to befriend death? Become aware of your own death and a fine resurrection in Christ. I know for me, the, some of the things that stick out, if we just look at something like selfishness, right? It tells... it. it it has this notion behind it, give me what I want, right? That's the death in it, give me what I want. But humility is the product of resurrection, the care for others. Or what about lust, right? Give me, give me that experience. Give me this guy, this girl, right? And then resurrection comes and it brings respect. It, it brings an honor for the other. And then what about anger? What about hatred? Right? We, say, we would say, we say take, that, take that person out. Like, I don't, I don't want to have to deal with that person. Right? But then resurrection comes in and it says, love your enemies, even as you love yourself. Or what about fear? What about anxiety? Right? That, that we say, fix the problem, God. Just fix the problem. But then resurrection comes and it's not what we think. It's, it's peace in the midst of the problem. You see, these things... If we just claim resurrection, then we start praying the wrong prayers. We start saying, well, God, just fix the problem. I'm going to claim resurrection over this thing. All the while, you're not willing to face that it needs to die and that Jesus wants to bring something totally different. So it's not about give me what I want so that Jesus can just continue to hurt you. He's trying to do something new. So we can't proclaim resurrection over things we think have life. Because the process of a life cycle is birth, death, and resurrection. And if you're born, you can't be resurrected until you've died. It is a process that must happen. 
Many of us walk through the process of birth and death and never find resurrection. And many Christians, when you live in a, in a post-Christian context like us, you, you experience birth, resurrection, you completely miss death. You completely miss death. And death is an invitation to life. So, we can go ahead and invite the ministry teams up. Um, we're going to do a song of, in ministry time before we go downstairs to do the baptisms. Today is a day to celebrate because the encouraging thing is that Jesus had power over his own grave. And he has power over ours. Let me say that again. Jesus had power over his own grave. He, on his own accord, died. That's the first part. He died because he chose death. And he resurrected because he chose life. You have an opportunity and an option within yourself. Will you choose death and will you choose life? If you choose life, you must choose death. They come together. Because Easter doesn't happen without Good Friday. So River City, I want to ask to see your graves. And if you're wondering, well, what type of church is this? Well, this is a church full of people who are just willing to admit that we don't know. We're willing to, we're willing, this is just a graveyard full of people who know the power of the one who has the power to resurrect. That's what we know. And that is our hope. And that starts today. So if you want ministry, come up. There's prayer teams. They'd love to pray with you. Um, And I'll come back up and we'll release to do baptisms. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise, glory, honor in this next portion of the service and ask God that you would convict the heart and God that you would draw a response in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.